We know what November is going to look like, Trump versus Biden. What we don't know is how it's going to go. I'm Joe Garofoli. Join me on It's All Political, and we'll try and figure it out together. The It's All Political podcast on your favorite app. Hey, this is Jason Fagoni. Welcome back to Toxic, the podcast. And this is Cynthia Dysikas. And uh, we told you last time that we were going to be talking about uh, one story, an update to our to our piece about building 606 at the Hunters Point Naval Shipyard. But we are not talking about that today, are we, Cynthia? We aren't, as so many things on this story have happened. Uh, that Our plans on that were overrun by some really big breaking news, which happened last night. Right. So breaking news is the U.S. government is going to sue Tetratech, the contractor that's been accused of widespread fraud at the shipyard. And um, Tetratech has, has been uh, sort of in the jackpot on this for a while now, but this is the first time the U.S. government is kind of using their full power and force to, um, to try to dig into uh, what actually went wrong here, right? Exactly. And so, you know, some of the allegations that are raised in these lawsuits, uh, we've heard before, we've reported on them before, but like you said, um, this is really the first time that the Department of Justice at the U.S. government is going to be scrutinizing these in a legal public way. Right. So before we get into that, uh, we want you to know that we would love to hear from you. You can contact us on Twitter at Toxic Podcast. DMs are open. Our email addresses are in the bio, and we want to hear if you have tips for us, but also uh, if you have ideas for episodes, what would you like to know? What are we uh, not explaining well? What what remains confusing? Yeah, and if there's anything you want us to explore more deeply in this sort of complex world we've delved into here, we'd be really interested to hear that as well. Okay, so we're going to get into this new story uh, right after this break. As the demand for telemedicine grows, so does the need for connectivity. 5G meets that need. Qualcomm remains focused on giving doctors and patients superior, security-rich 5G connectivity. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash inventionage. This news broke last night when I was on a plane. I was flying. Yeah. I was flying back from the, sorry, I but was, still connected to the internet. Right. Like I had the bad in-flight Wi-Fi right. on my United flights. You know, I was like, right. I was like jammed into, you know, an economy class seat. Right. And you're, it's already very difficult to type in those seats because you're like <laughs> elbowing your seat man and everything. And um, the flight was almost over and I got a, a Slack message from you. And you're like, oh, crap, we have to get something up on this, right? Right. So basic. And what that was is there, um, there are these whistleblower lawsuits that have been filed against Tetra Tech, the company that is at the center of the scandal that's engulfed the shipyard. And, um, and they were unsealed. So they have been, um, they have been secret for three to five years. Right. And, um, and suddenly they were viewable. Were you here at the office when I was here and, um, and there is a, for folks who don't know, there is an online portal that you can see federal cases in called PACER, and they appeared there. Right. And so... So you're in PACER and you look at these things, you're just like, crap. Yeah. And, and, and really importantly, there are the whistleblower complaints. And a whistleblower, you know, a, a whistleblower complaint is a really um, unique legal device where a private citizen who says that they have knowledge of fraud against the government can come forward and make those allegations. And when that is filed, it's sealed, which means it is a secret 
to the public. Obviously, the government knows about it, and they start investigating it. And that can take years, and then they decide whether or not they're going to join in on it. Right. And we already have known about some of the allegations in these suits because the people who are the plaintiffs have been talking about them publicly since at least about 2014. Yeah, and who are the plaintiffs? So the plaintiffs are former radiation control technicians who worked at the shipyard. Basically, their job at the shipyard was to watch out for the safe handling of radioactive materials, to perform radiation uh, surveys, basically to search soil and buildings for these lingering uh, radioactive substances that have been um, tainting the shipyard since the Cold War. Right, to clean up the shipyard. Well, to, to, yeah. to identify the bad stuff and then, you know, flag it so that the bad stuff can be removed right. and hauled away to a radioactive waste dump, which is the only way that you can really get rid of radioactive contamination, right? So there's not any kind of pixie dust that you can sprinkle on it. It has to be as phys- much as people wish <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that could be. It would be nice, but yeah. uh, but you you can't do that. You actually have to physically find where it is, remove it, um, yeah. so so that it, it's not there anymore. Yeah, and so in it was 2014 that some of these folks started coming out publicly. Right, NBC Bay Area had the first scoops on this, right? And uh, they interviewed some of the whistleblowers, and whistleblowers made these uh, allegations, and um, and now for the first time, they're uh, they're sort of official. Um, how do you say this? So <laughs> there apparently is a bit of a debate in the field. Yeah. Um, but uh, And let us know if we are wrong here, listeners. But um, we think it's quitam, which is Latin. And it literally means he who brings a case on behalf of our Lord the King, as well as for himself. So, just so you know, Cynthia knows this because she downloaded like this, <laughs> a big, long PDF article right before we were... Rec- this, is why think- it's, this is why it's good to work with you because I, I know that, that any, any, any sort of fact, however small, is going to have like a 20-page a think- PDF backup behind I, well, it. No, no, know? but this is fascinating because you can tell that this has sort of ancient origins here, right? We're talking about the king and it really is the government saying hey anyone who knows that you know we the government are being defrauded tell us and we have this process by which you can do it and the government takes that really seriously so in these types of cases if if a company if an entity is found to be at fault they are not only on the hook for the damages that they caused but triple those damages plus penalties, which is, I mean, that's a huge overall penalty. According to federal law, according to the the False Claims Act. Right. Right. So the government takes this clearly very seriously. And but but I mean basically anybody can file one of these. It doesn't necessarily mean exactly. that the allegations are true, right? It's just like I, I I could sue you, you could sue me. It doesn't necessarily right. mean that we're telling the truth. It's a court has to decide that or a jury. Right, and that gets back to what happened yesterday, which was I mean the big news is that the government decided to join these cases, and the government has a few options, and. Um, when these cases come up, they can decide to join, they can decide not to join, and they can actually dismiss a case, have a case dismissed if they feel that it, it lacks complete merit. And most cases, the government doesn't join. join right? They don't usually dismiss them either. That's also rare. But they, one report we saw said that they only join, you know, join in in fewer than 25% of these cases that are filed. Okay, so the government is joining in these three whistleblower suits, and that means that it sort of lends some credibility to what these uh, former radiation workers at the shipyard have been kind of saying all along. Right? Yeah, and what have they? I mean, the allegations are pretty broad. They're and, detailed. They're, yeah. I mean, one of the complaints is 
52 pages long. I mean, it's just paragraph after paragraph of very detailed allegations about stuff that was allegedly going wrong at the shipyard, covering covering all kinds of different areas of possible misconduct. So you have um, uh, faked or falsified soil samples where you know radiation workers are being told to take a sample. Uh, from an area that's known to be clean and to represent it as an area that that is thought to be dirty, so that's actually making the shipyard look cleaner than it really is so that the project can get done quicker and the contractor can save money. You have um, issues about unqualified workers who are supervising very sensitive areas. Uh, you have allegations about improper disposal of radioactive waste. What am I missing here? Um Let's see. <laughs> what did you hit on? These are pretty. Um, did you hit the building scanning? Oh, the building scanning, right? Yeah. Um, so it's basically the the fundamental aspects of a cleanup, right? These whistleblowers are saying all of them right. were done wrong. And and according to the contract, we should say what the contractor is saying about these whistleblowers, right? Yeah. So TetraTech says that they are all lying. Yeah, and that these claim, you know, these accusations are baseless. Um, and that they are motivated by money, and 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 to be fair, there's a there's a fair amount of money at stake here for any any successful whistle, whistleblower whose claim succeeds, right? Like they get they get a substantial percentage of the damage award. They do, and actually, Jason, you did these calculations. Um, what what potentially is Tetratech on the hook for here? So it's we don't know exactly, but the Navy uh, in a in a case earlier this year, the criminal case against one of the former uh, Tetratech supervisors who's now in prison, who admitted that he swapped soil samples. The guy is now in prison, and the Navy submitted a victim impact statement, um, basically trying to quantify how how much the Navy had been harmed by this fraud that was committed by a former Tetratech supervisor. And in that uh, statement, the Navy said that they had already paid TetraTech uh, about $270 million uh, for its work at the shipyard and for work identifying the fraud and, and efforts to prevent fraud. $270 million had already been spent. And now that uh, that data is essentially being tossed out, it's going to have to be gathered again. This shipyard is going to be able to test it again. So the Navy is going to have to pay another company to, to redo that work. So the Navy estimated that it could cost anywhere from 370 million to 570 million dollars ultimately. So that that's that's a potential uh, range of, of what what a court or a jury could decide for a, a damage amount. We, obviously we have no idea, but under False Claims Act, if you take the low end of that range and you multiply by 3, which is what the government's entitled to and, and if it succeeds, you're you're talking about a, a damage award of more than a billion dollars. Right. And I mean the whistleblowers, they say they are not motivated by that, right? right? They say this was, you know, what was done was A, wrong, but B, it could have exposed members of the public, workers at the site to dangerous levels of radioactivity. Right. I mean, these are these are people who have worked long careers in the nuclear uh, power industry. They're sort of, they come up in a safety culture and they say they were horrified by what they saw and they wanted to do something to stop it and to make sure the site was cleaned up correctly. Um, so this is also kind of another wrinkle in the whistleblower lawsuit um, area, but the government can join in on some of the claims, but not all of the claims. So what did the, so, so they file a motion to intervene where they sort of indicate what they are going to join in on. Right. 
And so in this case, how, how does it look like they've parsed that? So the complaints are against uh, TetraTech, but also a handful of other contractors who, who've done work at the shipyard. And uh, the government right now is only intervening against TetraTech. So uh, the suits can continue on the plaintiff's side against uh, anyone who's named as a defendant. But the government is, uh, has said, only said that it's going after TetraTech to get some of this money back. Right. And also, um, there are other naval bases in this area that are brought up in these complaints. So Treasure, former naval bases. So Treasure Island and the station at Alameda. And um, again, the government has indicated they're going to be focusing on the shipyard. But the plaintiffs in this case could still move forward on some of the allegations that involve these other locations. Right. So some of, some of the other defendants in these ca- cases, uh, Shaw Environmental and New World Environmental, also did uh, radiological cleanup work at uh, Treasure Island. And Tetratech, uh, different subsidiaries of Tetratech did radiological cleanup work there, too. Yeah. So when is the next, um, when is it? In January? Is that when they have right, to Right. So the government has, has 90 days to release their official complaint uh, yeah. against TetraTech, which is, I, I guess, their, their, uh, their allegations about wh- how TetraTech defrauded them and, um, and why the government should be able to get damages back from them. So that is sort of the next step we're waiting for here, in addition to the formal responses right. from um, the defendants. So we have no idea what we're going to be talking about next week, honestly. More, <laughs> more, more things could break. I mean, for me, this is uh, an interesting and kind of new experience because I come, I come from, as you know, magazine world, right? So, like, I, I, I've never worked at a newspaper before I joined the Chronicle last yeah. year. I, I, wrote, uh, I wrote for different magazines for most of my career, and I, and I wrote books. So, you know, I was, I was immersed in projects that would take you know, one, one to six months uh, to complete or, or even a book, which is like two years. And you, you come back to it every day and it's still there and it hasn't changed. You modify it a little bit. You have all kinds of time to look at it and kind <laughs> it of sounds caress it. Oh, well, yeah. um, but, uh, uh, but there's something kind of cool about, I mean, again, this is new to me. There's something kind of cool and exciting about a breaking news story because, you know, I was on this plane and we started to write the story right, like right. in a Google Doc. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like 30,000 30, feet up. I'm like actually watching you type on my laptop. <laughs> and uh, and then it was online. Hours later. Hours later. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is like madness to me. <laughs> like, but this is such a normal daily, daily. I mean, this is what a newspaper is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's a mix of both. <laughs> But it is nonstop, and this story is really nonstop. Yeah. But you're so, but you're an investigative person, sort of by by training and experience too. So the breaking is the breaking news thing something that you've done a lot of. I think it depends. You know, um, a lot of the projects we work on, it is something where you're working on them for weeks, for months, and then you break that, and then there might be follow-ups and news from there, but there's not this constant. You're not doing – so this is unique in the sense that – not unique, but it is different from that in that we are trying to do these investigative and narrative-driven pieces in the midst of what is clearly a massive breaking news story. And so so (laughs) to Jason's point, we don't know exactly what we'll be talking to you about next week, but... um, We plan to talk about our uh, follow-up story on Building 606 and the radiological screening yard that was uh, placed next to this building, a a giant kind of uh, space where radioactive soil was brought in on a daily basis and and, uh, checked out and um, right next to this building where 100 
police officers and police employees were working. We've been, we've been uh, working on this piece for a while, um, and we want to tell you more about that because uh, uh, it's fascinating, but something else could break. So I feel like we shouldn't make that promise. promise. Now, now we feel like we can't make a promise yeah, right. on what we're going to be talking about, but we hope you will be here to hear whatever we have come up with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right. See you next week. Toxic is a part of the San Francisco Chronicle podcast network. Audrey Cooper is the editor in chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. You can support Toxic and a lot of great journalism with a print or digital subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.